Hey, thanks for joining another Lounge Round episode. Today we talk with Scott West, discussing his book, Ghosts on the Highway. I think it's a fantastic book, and if you're looking for something to read this summer, I would highly recommend uh, drop on by to Amazon and pick that up. Uh, It's a really good story. We talk about some of the inspirations, characters, and scenes from that book, as well as discussing Scott's endeavors on his new book, Then we delve into some fun stories about uh, strange tales of Sasquatch and people living in the country uh, to a little bit of some horror movie talk. Um, The audio quality of this episode isn't the greatest. We had some technical difficulties and had to record this over the phone. In that regard, uh, the audio can be quiet at times. I tried to even that out as best I could, but even if the audio quality there isn't great, the quality of the conversation is spectacular, and I can't thank Scott enough for stopping by and giving me a chance to talk to him. I hope you enjoy this episode too, so take care. After a brief break, we'll get on with the chat. Okay, so we're talking with Scott West today. Um, Scott has uh, written one book that's very good called Ghosts on the Highway and is in the process of writing another book, uh, has played some music, a uh, very cool guy, very nice to talk to if you happen to be on Twitter, and also has a podcast, the Back and, no, is it back, back and, f- Feedback and Forth, Feedback, I don't know why I was putting Back and Forth first. Um, so, um, you know, Scott, I had initially uh, seen that you'd written this book and what sort of interested me about that um, was sort of your inclusion of a lot of these uh, Native American sort of uh, myths and creatures. And um, for anyone who's not familiar with the book, it's sort of the story of uh, John, I want to say his last name, Kalama, is that correct? Kalama, yeah. Kalama. John and Jesse Kalama, um, Chuck and uh, Red Bear and sort of their adventure um, I don't really want to uh, give too many spoilers, but it deals a lot with, um, you know, sort of some struggles with uh, uh, mental care and accepting uh, family, community, that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, Scott, just tell people what sort of uh, inspired this book and, and where did you draw some of the inspiration? The, the sequences um, with, with him encountering sort of these... Uh, uh, spirit guide, spirit animals, a very cool description. So, uh, so take, take it away. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the, as I struggle with writing my current book. This book fades more and more into the past. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> let me, let me try to dredge up the, all the inspiration that you speak of there. But, um, initially the story basically came from two different things. One was my own experience with um, psychiatric medication, and which wasn't uh, a good experience. And the second was that the character of John, the, who there's sort of two main characters, which is John and Chuck, but the, the character of John, who is a Native American, 
I partially based on a guy that I met in real life several years ago at a gig that my band was playing up in Seattle. And this gentleman was um, a homeless man, also Native American, huge guy, big, intimidating-looking guy. And uh, I met him outside the club when I was just hanging out after our sound check, waiting to, waiting to play. And he was carrying a big garbage bag with him. And I forget how we ended up talking, but we struck up a conversation. And he told me that he was a writer and that his, that garbage bag he was carrying was full of notebooks, full of his poetry and, and writing. Whoa. Yeah. And so he pulled a few out and he was kind of showing them to me. And, um, I, you know, I'm at this far away from that. I, I can't remember how I judged, you know, if it was good or bad writing. But um, <laughs> the, the fact that he had a garbage bag full of writing, which was way more than I had written at that point, uh, was pretty impressive to me. But he was clearly also struggling with some mental health issues. And I, I never forgot that guy. And then as I was sort of trying to put my struggles with medication behind me, um, and while I was thinking about what I wanted to write, uh, those two things just connected in my brain, and that's sort of where that character came from, and that was sort of the genesis of the book. Yeah, there's some good there, there's some good lines in there. I think there's a, a line early in the book, uh, Red Bear, um, when he's talking to, I believe it's uh, Jesse, makes a comment. You know, there, there's a lot of, and I really appreciated this, but there's a a lot of uh, you know sort of painful family memories um, and, and some guilt and shame over how uh, sort of they treated John and the relationship with their father. And at one point, you know, Red Bear says something, you know, along the lines of, well, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that he, it wasn't that he didn't need medicine. It's that he didn't need medication. The, the medicine he needed was our medicine. And, and, you know, again, to, to him, sort of the shame that they, or that he didn't push enough on that to, you know, help a family member and, and sort of shirked what he kind of felt was his duty. So um, some very powerful stuff in there, man. It's very well written. The, the dialogue is good. The, the, again, the descriptions of the dream uh, sequences are absolutely top notch. And I would urge any, any of you out there in the horror community who uh, may not necessarily, I don't want to say be, be into a, a, a book like this, you would appreciate it. Um, just for some of these uh, sort of surreal experiences that the character John has. Um, I I like to say, I I really enjoyed it, man. I thought you did a phenomenal job. Thank you. I I enjoyed writing those parts. Um, I come from more of a horror background. Um, I mean, I've I've been a horror fan my entire life. From like one of my earliest memories is watching secretly watching a horror movie at like midnight alone in the living room. I had to have been like <laughs> years old. You know? why, um, why is it that all of us who seem to be horror fans always 
always snuck it and watched it when we weren't supposed to. <laughs> I, I feel like that's like a rite of passage. You you watched them and you weren't supposed to watch them. Right, I think so too. Well, there's probably that taboo thing maybe made it made it a little more uh, <laughs> uh, something you wanted to check out, like. The- <laughs> but um, I uh, yeah, I like writing the parts, and uh, thank you for picking up on another thing too. It's because I did try to weave a, a few different themes into the story, and the whole guilt thing, and and the whole. Um, you know, one person's medication might not be another person's medication. Um, I and I I do want to make clear actually that this isn't uh, my sort of condemnation across the board of any kind of medication for those that need it. Um, for a lot of people at work, my mom has been on medication for years now. And I'll tell you, I'll take my mom over the last few years over my mom that I had when I was a little kid. <laughs> well, well, I think that's yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think so, that's I think that's important to point out, and that you know, it's like it's like a lot of things. What you know, we're we're all different, and we all have things that work for us and things that don't. And um, you know, exactly. yeah, yeah. And, and for me, it, it didn't work, and it. it really inhibited my life and it, it made things almost harder after I was on the medication and uh, and this is no great revelation on my part but um, you know there is that sort of dulling of the senses or a dulling of your personality when you're on some of these drugs which is what I was trying to uh, convey in, in John's case you know, like, uh, he sees these visions, and to a lot of people, that makes him crazy. But as you said to his grandfather, uh, he just sees John as a special person that is able to see a, another side of, you know, nature or the universe that the rest of us don't see. And when he's on the medication, he doesn't see those things anymore, which in one world is a good thing, but in John's grandfather's world, it's, it's a tragedy. And so I, I tried to balance that. I don't know how good of a job I did with that, but that was sort of something I was trying to get across. Yeah, I think I think that came across. I think that came across fairly well. That um, for for him, it it was. Um, uh, you know, I don't know, almost, almost a matter of, you know, everybody told them, uh, that you're crazy and you aren't supposed to see these things And the, and the people that should have told them, no, for who you are, this is actually natural. And if you spend the time to understand them here with us, that you, you know, you would be in a better place mentally, not necessarily a, a face your demons sort of thing, but I think maybe that just goes back to, uh, you know, uh, Red Bear's kind of guilt and shame at that, that he didn't, he didn't press harder for that and feels, uh, some responsibility maybe for John's unfortunate turmoil. It basically, basically, uh, you know, for him specifically, like cutting off, cutting off one of your limbs where he's, 
kind of limping and struggling along. And the more that he tries to medicate that away, it's, it's kind of the opposite thing that he really needs to sort himself out and, and kind of be one, you know, with, with the world, the way he was meant to be. Um, right. You know, I, again, I, I loved it. I thought it was a, a spectacular book, man. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, it was, uh, lot of research when it's not a very long book but the amount of research i had to do was insane (laughs) um i i should say i have very 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 little native american blood in me however i grew up next to the nisqually reservation uh which is the is john and his family are are from nisqually and uh, I went to school with, actually, I, I stole the last name from some kids I knew when I went to school, the Palamas. I hope they don't mind that I, <laughs> that I borrowed their name. Um, so I had a lot of interactions with them and grew up, you know, knowing, knowing a lot of those people on the reservation. Um, but even so, the, the amount of... Uh, The way, how can I put this? The, the mythology that I was trying to use, there are a, a lot of them. There's multiple names and multiple meanings, and characters sort of get switched. And so, keeping straight, like which terms and words and to use and names of of the spirits and all that stuff. Oh my man, it was like a massive untangling of stuff, and I'm still not 100% sure I got it all right. Um, although so far, no one has called me out. <laughs> well, and in, the, and in this day and age, I would have thought that with uh, the way people like to call things out, I would have thought that you would have been roasted by now if you did too bad of a job. I, I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been pretty um, so I guess I did an, an okay job with that stuff, at least, if no one is. No one has said anything yet about it. So, was was it's, it's interesting stuff, and I would uh, if any of the things in my book grabbed anybody's interest, um, I would recommend doing some more research on it. So it was fun to read. It, it was just trying to put it into a coherent plot was, <laughs> was the nightmare. You know? Were there any Were there any particular um, books or anything that you would that you would recommend? That if somebody was interested in in uh, reading up uh, more oh, on this, where where maybe you could sort of guide them a little bit, or yeah, you know, nothing that I can think of off the top of my head. Like I said, this book's like three years old now at this point. Um, a lot of the books I was using came. I work for the library, and I work at our library service center, and we have a vault there of books that don't go out into the library. And I actually, a lot of the research I did came out of those. I, would, I just went into the vault and was grounding around, and I found um, several, uh, well, there's, there were plenty of books on indigenous people. It, it was finding the exact, like as far as the Nisqually tribes go, there's very little information. So I was using a, a more broad um, just sort of like the Salish 
people overall, which is sort of the the uh, a, a bunch of the tribe in the area of Western Washington. Um, I don't know if people know where I'm probably they probably don't know where I'm from, but I live in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, so the Salish tribes kind of cover the, the coastal Washington State and uh, into maybe like the Peninsula and the Puget Sound area. So I was kind of using a broad range of all of their mythologies and, and using what I could and getting as close to the Nisqually stuff as possible, which there was a little bit. But yeah, most of those books that I used, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you the titles right now without going back into the vault and finding them again. So on, so on, a, serious, on a serious note, that's absolutely fascinating and uh, a very cool um, that you were able to tap into uh, some books like that that your you know regular person walking in a library wouldn't be able to find on a on a lighthearted note that's that's like a that's like a fucking Lovecraft story in real life. <laughs> I I found these books in the vault and I opened this one and I, I mean. <laughs> That that is in that sense one of the coolest things I've ever heard in my life. I, I thought whenever I go in there, actually, I'm very big on on that whole uh, bibliographical magic kind of dark craziness like that. Um, and I did actually find a, an old Lovecraft biography in the vault there that I read too. Since <laughs> you bring that up, that's super cool, man. What's the what's the what's maybe the uh, I don't want to say weirdest. What's the what's the most surprising book that you found in there? Oh wow, that's a good question. Um, boy, well, I mean, it, it, there's uh, there's oh okay, here's <laughs> a, a lot of the stuff we have in there are books that the general public probably wouldn't be interested in, and that includes these sort of self-published books of local history and, and whatnot um, that go way back. And I'm not talking about self-published like nowadays where you can pump out a pretty good-looking book. I'm talking about you know stuff that might have been written in the 1930s or 40s or 50s. He wrote it with uh, wrote it with a piece of charcoal on paper that he found. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're held together with paper clips. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, almost. There, but some of them look more like pamphlets, or you know, and they're just sort of laminated and maybe like stapled together. But um, there are two or three in there, and I can think of one particular. Oh, I wish I had it. I actually took it home. I don't know where it is, um, but there's one that is sort of a, a pioneer. So I, I can't think. I, I want to say it was written in the 1920s, and it was sort of a, a pioneer woman. Just you know, everyday recollections of how they lived their life up here in the rugged Northwest in the 1920s or whatever, and a lot of it is like recipes and just sort of land boring stuff and then all of a sudden there's a chapter about uh how I'll, I'll call it bigfoot but this was before 
Bigfoot was a term. But a chapter where Bigfoot comes to their cabin and uh, she's like leaving him apples out on this tree stump and and uh, and then she like baked a pie and put some kind of like sleeping powder in the pie because she wanted to I don't like drug him. Like, I don't remember why. <laughs> what the fuck? Like inserted matter of factly into this like otherwise really dry and boring sort of day by day diary of a just a woman you know homemaker in the nineteen twenties. It's crazy. <laughs> And then and then she just like fucking ha- and then she just fucking like hemlocks a bigfoot like fucking yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think she just I think she calls him you know like the hairy the giant hairy man or whatever I mean because bigfoot was not a, a thing yet but up here the legend of the Sasquatch you know goes back way 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 back but um, you know this is before the term bigfoot so I can't remember exactly how she put it but clearly she's talking about bigfoot. And then, then, so there's that chapter, and then she just goes back into the boring day to day. Today, I today I pickled sixteen cabbages, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I tranquilized this giant monster that came out of the woods. Yeah. But back to the back to the canning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> the kind of stuff I like. I, I like stumbling across things like that, and. Um, you know, otherwise, some of the stuff in there are books that are just too risque to be out on the shelves where kids might pick them up and stuff, like uh, the uh, Alan Moore's Lost Girls graphic novels. I don't know if you're familiar with Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we keep those in there because you don't want some parents, you know, getting irate because their, their kids thought you were going to be a comic <laughs> thought maybe you're gonna tell me that they had the uh, Kama Sasquucha back there of the later her second volume of her encounters with the the big hairy man. Oh, man, <laughs> hey, that sounds like something you, you should write. Now. Shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I will. Actually, it's not a bad idea. Watch, you know what? I'll 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 have I'll have lived this long in his struggled and toiled on some of these hellacious projects I've worked on. Watch, I'll become a millionaire because I wrote a book about some chick in the country fucking Bigfoot. Right. Sometimes it works that way. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, to, uh, to bring this back around, so tell us a little bit about your next book here and maybe, you know, uh, uh, if you're having any, any difficulties, any, uh, you know, sort of what what's uh, what's going on with your with your new book? Because I'm I'm excited for it. Obviously, this is no rush. Uh, perfection takes time. But uh, um, you know, what what what's uh, what's cooking? What irons do you have in the fire there? Well, it is it's definitely taking longer than I wanted to. Um, as far as what it's about, I can say. Let's see trying to think how much I want to give away. Uh, I'll, let's just say it's about it's about a guy who has lived a life of um, hmm. <laughs> danger? He wants to be an airborne ranger? Yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. I couldn't no, resist. No, it's, it's the opposite, actually. It's, 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 thank you for kind of kicking my brain off there, though. It's, it's more about a guy that's lived a very safe life, a very planned out life, um, very by the book, sort of, I'm going to graduate school, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to learn this skill, I'm going to get this job, I'm going to work my way up this job, I'm going to find the right girl, I'm going to marry her, we're going to have a family, 2.5 kids and a dog, and you know, that, that kind of life, um, a no-nonsense kind of guy uh, who one night experiences something so out of the ordinary that his entire life is just rocked by it and it's sort of the repercussions of that um, and I will say well I don't I don't know if I want to give away more than that only only what you're only what you're comfortable with you you know no, no spoilers uh, I'm hooked I'm hooked by the way that's all it took oh okay well thank you uh so after this, after this incident, he he feels like his eyes are open to a whole world that he didn't even dream existed, and he becomes it, it becomes increasingly hard for him to want to continue with this path that his life has been on, um, and he meets some really interesting characters on his new sort of journey, I guess I'll call it. And uh, it's, it's basically about, you know, there's probably more out there and more to life than most of us realize and how we deal with that. Uh, and hopefully it'll be interesting for people to read. And because it's me, I... I Try, I like to throw a lot of quirky stuff in, and I'm very horror adjacent. But I don't, I don't know that there's going to be too much horror in in this book. But there's definitely going to be some. Uh, let's see, if, if you're into weirdness, <laughs> if you're into uh, cryptids or UFOs or nope, not me, the paranormal <laughs> or any any of things like that, um, then. then may be an interesting book for, for people that are into that stuff but um well if it's got I, if it's got any of the if it's got even any sort of and and i imagine it'll have some of the same style and uh panache that you put into the the sequences you know in your first in your your first book um you know i i i will say that i'm i'm sort of picky i'm a little picky now and then on the authors that i read and there there's a certain there's a certain tone or the way things that are described where uh for me if it's done wrong it's kind of a, a turn off when i get bored but you have a great style it, it comes across really well it's very vibrant so you know that that to me um you know especially especially expanding into some other you know, kind of wild scenarios there. Uh, you know, I, I, am excited. That's, uh, that's, uh, that sounds very cool to me. Um, I think that, I think that there's a lot of people out there kind of on Twitter in the, in the bubble we interact with. And even, 
even some of my friends, because they're going to tell you, I passed along that book, uh, you know, the title. You know, I have uh, I, I have a lot of friends in, uh, you know, sort of where I live here in Michigan. And a lot of them don't really do so much of the social media thing. And if they if they do, it's kind of your traditional Facebook, I, you know, my son turned 12 kind of shit. But, you know, I, I, I sent that story along to a lot of them because I know here – uh, in Michigan, especially around the Great Lakes, there's a lot of um, weird stories of people seeing weird shit in uh, old Indian, old Indian lands. Um, you know, there's a lot of interest in that sort of thing. And the the people that I passed it on to, you know, they were all very impressed. And and I said, hey, you know, he, he is working on something else. And and so you know, you have you do have some people out there waiting for it. Not like it's. Not like I have some cast of thousands, but um, yeah, I, I I'm grateful for any anything, any interest at all. So it's what that. it's what makes it all worth it, isn't it? It is, and I've gotten nothing but good feedback. Excuse me on that book, which has been surprising. I'm sure somebody out there hated it, but they didn't tell me if they did. So <laughs> I was very fortunate. <laughs> As far as uh, you know, reviews, which I haven't, I didn't get too many reviews on Amazon and, and Goodreads. I'm always trying to pump the reviews up, but whatever. Yeah, it's <laughs> always good. it's always I, I can't it's always tough to get uh, it's always tough to get feedback, and then usually when you do, it's it's some combination of I liked it, it's good. You did a great job. Like, fucking thanks. But on the same token, like, <laughs> I need to know what I did good so I can do that again. Like, what? <laughs> you know, the, the writer in me is, is always wanting more, but the normal human me recognizes that writing those reviews is kind of a pain in the ass. I've tried to do it too, and I struggle as well, so I get it. Um, but even somebody just saying, "Hey, it's a good book," and I liked it. I had a friend of mine. The best, the best um, feedback I got on this book came from a friend of mine who read it, and he sent me a message, and he said, "Hey, I I went from reading this book because my friend Scott wrote it to." Oh, I'm reading Scott's book. To I'm um, just reading a book, and and he's like, I don't read. I don't read books, you know. Um, and I was like, Wow, dude, that's thank you for that, you know. Because he he basically read it because I wrote it, and then he found himself getting sucked into the story and kind of. That's an incredible. Me. That's an incredible review. Yeah. So I was like, man, that is the best thing that anyone has told me yet. Cause this is coming from a non-reader, you know. You know, I I, I am a, I, I used to read more, but um, it's it's interesting that you bring that up as the review because initially, uh, you know, the premise sounded interesting, whatever. So you know, I bought it and started reading it, and it's the same sort of thing. You go, okay, I'm going to give this a shot because you know I'm kind of friends with this guy, but at some point that did fade away, and I remember I think. Uh, uh, I think there was one afternoon where I, I was in uh, a cigar lounge and just had a cigar and sat there with a couple of drinks. And man, I just, uh, 
I got sucked into it. And that's, you know, to me, the, the perfect, the, the ideal praise that I could ever give someone as a writer is you made the walls melt, meaning I forgot about the physical place I was in and was just totally into your story. And I, and, and you succeeded in that regard again. I I think you did a spectacular job. So thank you. Thank you. And I, I believe that too. That is, I mean, that's how I got started as a, as a reader. I was, as a little kid, you know, I lived out in the middle of nowhere and I didn't have any friends. And, uh, you can only play out in the woods for so long before there's, <laughs> you know, you want to do something else. So, uh, uh, reading sort of took me into other worlds and I really strive to be able to give that gift to somebody else. So thank you. That, that actually means a lot. Oh, you're quite welcome. What's the What's one of your favorite books that no one else has read? Quote unquote. Oh geez. <laughs> uh, oh, you just sent me a list of crazy questions you're going to ask me first. Well, but it's it's I I like uh, I I find it more fun to do it off the cuff because I. <laughs> Much like the title of this being that it's the cigar, uh, the cigar lounge. I, I appreciate the silences. The oh shit, that's a good one. And like you know, I I, I never wanted this to be something that was, uh, I don't know, so overproduced that it either made people nervous or where they felt like things had to be perfect. You know, I'm not, I'm not. I I've done this for some of my. ASMR narration videos that no one ever fucking listens to. <laughs> um, where I go through and edit them and put sound effects and mess with the levels and story and I have notes and all that stuff and they're like, eh, fuck it. The one I did out in the backyard with my buddy Boat Shoes was far more popular, so fucking I guess I'll just, I guess I'll go with my strengths sort of thing, so. Um, <laughs> I like off the cuff. Um, I'm, let's see. I'm trying to think because I do have an eclectic uh, sort of reading habit. Um, I'm just trying to think of something somebody else might not have read. Let's see. Well, um, or that just isn't very popular. I guess I would say. You know. Uh, yeah. I guess there's okay. There's a book called "The Minotaur Takes a Cigarette Break." Um. The only reason I'm hesitant to bring that up is because I cannot think of the author's name now, and it's driving me crazy. Well, that book, that book sounds book, awesome. The book is called The Minotaur Takes a Cigarette Break, and it's, uh, it's basically, it's the kind of book I like when it's done well that could be a total disaster if it's not done well, um, because it's, it's written very low-key, but the premise is that the Minotaur lives in our society now, like the actual Minotaur, the whole-headed, you know, monster from Greek mythology. Uh, and he's like a fry cook at a, at a diner, and he's just trying to make his way through life. I mean, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's very low-key. <laughs> it's just sort of following. He's like, he's sort of melancholy because, you know, he's a guy with a bull head. <laughs> But yeah, the you know the characters in the book just sort of take it in stride. It's not like anyone is shocked 
necessarily that he exists. Come on, that guy would be the biggest hit with the ladies, everybody. Uh, you think, right? right? I would like it too. I mean, like, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I've never really heard anybody talk about that book, um, and I don't know how it was received. But I, I just stumbled across it, and I was like, "Wow, this sounds wild." I'm gonna check this out. Well, I will absolutely, I will absolutely check it out. I, uh, I crept around while you were talking, grabbed a notebook, so I'm absolutely going to uh, grab that and give it a read. Um, yeah, I wish I could remember the author's name, but um, and I'm curious if he's written anything else because I, I like that one so much. Although sometimes somebody will write a book that's so good that then the next one I read by them just doesn't measure up, and then I sort of get shy about reading any more of their books. <laughs> that's just kind of a thing of mine. That happened. That happens to me too. There, I've I've had I've had a couple occasions where. You know, Amazon sends you your, here's your free book for the month. And so there's one, I can't remember, I read it and I was like, oh, I kind of liked it. That was pretty good. And then there, the next next book came out and I started reading. And I think by about the third page, I was like, this is not for me. And that was it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I hate to be a, sorry, you lost me. But like, it's a million other out there, a million other authors out there, buddy. Sorry. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude, the older I get, the more I am apt to do that, too, because I'm like, I'm only going to live so long. There's a lot of books still to read. So. Yeah, whether whether that's books or movies or music, I, I used to have sort of this obsessive need to, well, if I started it, I'm going to finish it. But I've I've uh, I've sort of squashed that bug as, as time has gone on. We're like, man, this just sucks. I'm not watching this. You get out of here. Yeah. Same here. And I, mean, yeah, same way. I was like, oh, I gotta finish it. I started it. One day I was like, why? Why do I have to? No one else cares. No one even knows I'm reading this book. But, um, oh, I, I think I'll mention, if you don't mind, the, the book I'm currently reading uh, by Jack London, who is not a obscure author, but the book I'm reading kind of is. I don't see a lot of people talking about this one either, but it's a book called Martin Eden, and I would actually recommend it for other writers or aspiring writers. Um, it's a really good book. It's a little... I, I have read it before, so without spoiling it, I will say the ending is a bit of a downer, but at the same time, uh, he ended it the way it had to end. You know, that, you know what I mean? Like, You're right. <laughs> like there, that was just the way it was going to have to go. But uh, Martin Eden is a really good book. Like, everybody knows Call of the Wild and White Fang and all his other books. But I don't see a lot of people talking about Martin Eden. I, mean, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with books. Um, I mean, Cormac McCarthy's The Road is about one of the most sad and depressing and actually brought me to tears at the end of that book and you're like god this is fucking awful but at yeah. the same token that's kind of how it needed to end and would have ended and uh right. yeah I, you know sort of the uh I'll take a line from fucking was it rocky five the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows so every now and then it's good to be a little be a little realistic about some of that right yeah i agree I'm not. I'm not afraid of those kind of books either. So, or movies or whatever. 
so okay, you're you you've um, dipped into uh, some books and some writing and a little bit of some movies. So um, you know uh, you've clearly uh, been one of the folks who's tapped into the Joe Bob Briggs, uh, you know, drive-in theater, last drive-in. What was your what was your sort of and it doesn't have to necessarily be Joe Bob, but what was what was your first I don't wanna say like, yeah, I am a horror fan sort of moment where you were like, I'm into stuff that I think a lot of good people, you know, this might be a little too much for them or yeah, I'm talking about movies and they're like, What the fuck are you talking about? Like do, right. do you know what I'm saying? Sort of that moment where clicks are like, yeah, I've been to some weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, boy, I was pinpointing the exact moment might be hard. But like I said, I've, I've liked that stuff my entire life. Um, I, I, when I was a kid, I, there's a term called monster kid, I think that may not go past like our generation, my generation. Um, I might have been the last generation where monster things were just sort of ubiquitous. Like, um, you know, you get a get a box of cereal and you get a glow-in-the-dark monster in it or whatever. Um, I was watching monster movies on TV from as far back as I can remember, but obviously those were more palatable you could show on TV. So I think probably the, the defining moment for me when, was when I was watching Scanners, the David Cronenberg film, with some friends of mine and I believe junior high, maybe just about to go into high school. And that famous scene, the famous head exploding scene in Scanners, um, just about cleared the room, <laughs> uh, except for me, who was like rewinding it and watching it over and over. <laughs> you know? um, and I think that's when I was like, oh, I like this kind of over-the-top, crazy, gory shit, you know, as well as like classic horror and stuff like that. But then there was this whole other world of like crazy... Uh, and I think it was in the 80s because then, like, video stores were starting to be a thing. And I would just go and look for the craziest box cover art, you know, the most gruesome-looking stuff. Um, and I tend to just kind of like the low-budget, crappy stuff as far as that, that went, and um, which plays right into the Joe Bob stuff. And they used to run Joe Bob's column in a... A local, well, it was out of Seattle, the free magazine called The Rocket. It was mostly a music magazine. But in the back, they used to run Joe Bob's original Joe Bob Goes to the Drive-In column. Sweet. And that's where I first started reading uh, Joe Bob. And I didn't know it. Back then, you didn't know who he was or anything. There were no pictures of him, really, or anything. And the way he wrote, he wrote like the crazy redneck going to drive-ins and watching all these insane movies, you know. Um, 
And so then I realized that there was like more people like me out there, you know. But and then it just kind of grew from there. So I don't know if I have a definitive point other than that moment when I was watching scanners with everybody and the, and the exploding head kind of cleared the room. I love it. I love it. And I, I, I think I don't know if it was. It might have been Phantasm Two. There, there was there was a movie with some gruesome thing like that. I remember laughing and getting yeah. some derisive <laughs> look or comment. I don't know if it was from my mom or my sister who happened to just be walking by and, and saw that and was made made some sort of comment about how can you laugh at that? That's disgusting or whatever. And uh, it's, it's just like, well, yeah, that's. Uh, that's the horror freaks. That's you know, um, <laughs> and I and I still to this day. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on a a, a small little story here, but I have a okay. I have a couple of friends uh, a couple of friends that I, I used to work with some time back, and uh, he and his girlfriend at the time, his girlfriend's sister. And the sister's boyfriend, I believe the four of them all went to see the movie Twister. And so they, yeah. they go into this movie to see Twister. They, you know, they sit down and they're watching the movie. And the the this is a spoiler, by the way, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie Twister. If you haven't seen the movie Twister, skip ahead about 60 to 90 seconds. So there's a spot <laughs> at the beginning of the movie where the dad gets sucked out the door. Where like the tornado rips mm -hmm. the door off the hinge and the dad gets sucked out, and so my yeah. my friend and this other guy they started laughing, and this girl, this little girl, a row or two behind them, says to her mother in this shaking voice, yeah. "Mommy, why are they laughing?" And yeah. she started crying, which only made them laugh even harder. To the point where they had to yeah. get up and like leave the theater because they were laughing so hard. They were like, you know, they were crying at that point. They were laughing so hard. <laughs> and it's just a similar sort of yeah. We have a little bit of a different sense of humor and sensibility. Yeah. So uh, that's a classic right <laughs> in mute moment. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, why are they laughing? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man. Yeah, you know the uh, the experience of of seeing those types of movies with other people that appreciate them is really uh, it's such a cool thing. Here where I live, they used to do a thing called um, All Freaking Night around Halloween. Not sure if they still do it, but they would show five horror movies starting at midnight. Uh, so. You first, you got to stay up till midnight before the movies even start, <laughs> um, and then you got to like stay awake for five movies. And then they used to give you some kind of prize at the end. I had a, a T-shirt that I wore to tatters nice. from one of those. But um, yeah, sitting there and watching like crap, like uh, the brain that wouldn't die with an audience, you know, at <laughs> four o'clock in the morning with. <laughs> Everybody starts getting delirious and loopy. Yeah, exactly. And you're just like, everybody's sort of, it's very hallucinatory and <laughs> and weird, but also, the, you know, you just feel 
weird connection with all these other freaks that are sitting there right. doing the same thing you are. So, And for somebody who grew up pretty much a, a loner, you know, out, I really lived out in the sticks. I mean, I grew up in the middle of nowhere and um, learned to love all these things on my own, you know. So then when you kind of grow up and go out into the world, you go, oh, you like that too? Wow. I had no idea. I thought I was the only person in the world that even had ever heard of this obscure, you know, weird movie. Um, which I think, you know, Joe Bob has kind of orchestrated this thing where he's brought so many people together over stuff like that. that I don't know. I've really enjoyed, like, meeting people like you and, and others through just through watching The Last Drive-In. So that's such a cool experience. All, all I have to say to that is, fucking A, man. Fucking A. <laughs> I, I don't think he'll... I don't think he'll ever know. I still, I still, somewhere in the back of my head, feel like he doesn't get it. That I, he yeah, imagines... Right. That he imagines, like, 50 people out there watching this. Like, exactly. You know? Yeah, that's sort of the, the vibe I get, too. Um... um but I don't know. I mean, he's he's doing good work. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm it's, glad he's still out there. It's been it's been something that honestly, this is going to sound weird, has occasionally given me almost like anxiety and panic attacks because I feel like it's a now that this is back, like it can never stop. Like I, right. if it goes away now, I will just be devastated and feel like I have had part of my soul cut out and thrown away or something like you know. And um, yeah, I never in a million years thought it was it was going to come back. And uh, yeah, uh, well, maybe, I don't think you're alone in, in feeling that way. Well, there was a man. Some of the letters, man. He he wrote one letter. I don't know if it was from. I don't know if it was from the first, maybe from the first season that, that he read, and you could tell he was getting kind of choked up. Where it was, you know, I, I think a story about a guy who, I think maybe he was in prison and just talking about how much yeah. it meant to him. And mm-hmm. you could sort of tell that that Joe was getting a little choked up by that. And honestly, I mean, what a what an incredible and, and heartwarming message to to read. And uh, yeah. you know, that, that's 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 one of those man. You 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 touch you touch somebody on that level, and you're that much of a positive influence in their, in their life. Like you win. That's what it's all about. You know, it's about having some sort of impact where you've made somebody's life that maybe they lived a torturous existence, and you kind of gave them some joy. Like you know, it's beyond it's beyond legendary. Um, so yeah. I, I I hope he continues to read and get letters and just knows that for every one letter maybe like that's out that, that's that's like that that's out there there's probably ten thousand more that are just the same that he'll never know and yeah um, you know I I, Man, I hope so too I could go on and on about some of the other stuff there but just um, I, uh, I I I had sort of a bad-ish experience in here 
the year that they announced that they were going to do the first last drive of marathon and what's weird about that year is I, I think back to it and even though that year in a lot of ways wasn't the greatest uh you know there's a lot of other pieces to it that were really good and there was something something about it where at the time i i needed that so bad and and he'll never know He'll never know how much that meant to me and how much that helped me through uh, something that was just agonizing. And, um, yeah. you know, books, movies, music, all that stuff, you know, that's how we, uh, I guess, face the reality of, of, you know, having to get up and go to work and having hurt and pain and this and that and the other. So it's, uh, you know, again, in that regard, I'll say, Thank you very much for the happy memories and the uh, bit of an escape from life to, to read the book you wrote. And I very much am looking forward to the to the second one there. So, um, you know, Godspeed to you on the brother. Well, thank you. I got to get I got to get my acting gear and finish that sucker. I've been working on some short stories as well. I've been really unfocused, basically. I need to just zero in on this thing, laser it get it done <laughs> but I really appreciate uh, your support like I said and, um, the fact that just knowing that there's somebody out there that is already looking forward to the next one is that's going to be my inspiration when I sit down here after we get done with this and I start writing tonight I'm going to keep those words in the back of my brain while I'm doing it so the day really you, appreciate it the day you announce it's available I mean it's an instant instant purchase for me so thank you man <laughs> so hey man you know scott thanks so much for stopping by and thinking the time uh, you know ha having the time to uh, uh, talk to me um you know if you ever want to do this again man hit me up we'll talk about some other goofball shit yeah i'd love to we could uh maybe we could hit on some music and stuff next time sure yeah absolutely that'd be great yeah, well, thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. It's good to finally talk to you in person. All right, man. Take it easy out there. All right. You too, dude. Good night. Have a good night.